potrei farne tante altre di queste domande. A monte c'è quella che ci facciamo oggi, perché la famiglia è un nemico? Perché la famiglia fa così paura? C'è una risposta unica per tutte queste domande. Perché ci definisce, perché è la nostra identità. Perché tutto quello che ci definisce in questo tempo è un nemico, per chi vorrebbe che non avessimo più un'identità e che, fossero, che fossimo solamente schiavi, consumatori perfetti. E allora è sotto attacco l'identità nazionale, è sotto attacco l'identità religiosa, è sotto attacco l'identità di genere, è sotto attacco l'identità familiare. Non devo potermi definire italiana, cristiana, donna, madre, no. Io devo essere cittadino X, genere X, genitore 1, genitore 2, devo essere un numero. Perché quando sarò solamente un numero, quando non avrò più un'identità, quando non avrò più radici, beh, allora sarò lo schiavo perfetto in balia della grande speculazione finanziaria. Il consumatore perfetto. E questa è la ragione per la quale... Questa è la ragione per la quale oggi noi facciamo tanta paura. Questa è la ragione per la quale oggi questo appuntamento fa tanta paura. Perché noi non vogliamo essere dei numeri, noi siamo qui per dire che noi non siamo dei numeri, noi difenderemo il valore della persona umana, di ogni singola persona umana, perché ognuno di noi ha un codice genetico unico e irripetibile. E questo piaccia o no ha del sacro. Lo difenderemo, difenderemo Dio, la patria e la famiglia, che fanno tanto schifo a qualcuno. Lo faremo per difendere la nostra libertà, perché noi non saremo mai schiavi e semplici consumatori in balia della speculazione finanziaria. Ecco la nostra missione, ecco perché oggi sono venuta qui. Scriveva Chesterton ormai più di un secolo fa, vediamo se, lo, se ve lo trovo, fuochi verranno attizzati per dimostrare che 2 più 2 fa 4, spade verranno sguainate per dimostrare che le foglie sono verdi in estate. Quel tempo è arrivato, signori, siamo pronti. Grazie. So uh, the, the victory of a, a party that has its roots in Italian fascism, plain and simple, uh, the, the Brothers of Italy, it's called, Giorgio Maloney's party, uh, is concerning to everybody. Uh, it, it accompanies, as you said, this move in Europe. Uh, who, uh, who could think that in Sweden, uh, a party with right-wing neo-fascist roots would now be dominant in, in, in Parliament? Uh, in France, that, that the right-wing parties would make such a strong showing under Marine Le Pen in their last elections. There is this populist rage that's sweeping across Europe, much as it swept across America in the, in the uh, 2016 election. I just would make two points of caution. The first is that in all the years I've looked at Italian political coalitions, one th thing I've had to remind myself is wait and see. These coalitions tend to be very unstable and fragile. Uh, Maloney is in a coalition with Berlusconi and several others. Exactly how that works out is, is hard for me at this point to, to predict. There certainly are some dangerous, volatile pieces in that coalition. Second thing, as I look at Europe, is that now for 20 or 30 years, you've had a movement by ordinary Europeans who say, I'm not comfortable being governed from Brussels. I don't want to give up my country. I don't, I don't want to be part of something that's supranational. Every time that's put to a test with voters in France, where they were asked to, to support uh, the new European constitution, they rejected it. In Britain, Britain was so angry about the European Union, it, it left the European Union. And, and, and similarly now in Italy, uh, the biggest appeal that Giorgio Maloney, the head of this uh, new coalition, has is, is saying, 
we're not comfortable being governed by Brussels. Uh, we're Italians, even to the point of saying we may not want to use the euro as our as our money. That's not a new theme in Europe. It's one that's been building and mm. building. And to some extent, it's because the people in Brussels who are part of the European Union just don't listen to ordinary folks. I hate to say that, but that's a part of the story we should remember. Uh, I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that Carrie Lake is not elected. So, does that include campaigning for Democrats if that's what it takes? Yes. It does. Okay, no doubt. Right there. It's all the uniparty. That's Liz Cheney, the neoliberal neocon, uh, talking about Carrie Lake, who's running for governor, the populist who's running for governor of Arizona. Pretty stunning. David Ignatius finally admits that ordinary citizens of these individual countries don't want to be governed by, as Ben Harnwell, ahead of our international bureau out of Rome, calls the sociopathic overlords. David Ignatius is the, the Washington consensus. It's Monday, 26 September, in the year of our Lord, 2022. And obviously we've had a massive earthquake uh, happening in a political earthquake in Italy. Uh, we're going to get to it. We've got uh, Ben Harnwell, Matthew Tierman uh, to break it all down for us. Also, Matthew's talking about very disturbing. We talk about elections. Uh, we have another massive election coming up in Brazil before our 8 November. We're going to get a lot to 8 November. We got polling. We got Joe Kent. Joe Kent is the uh, cover story right there. Joe Kent, our own Joe Kent, is the cover story in the New York Times yesterday, the Sunday New York Times. We're going to get into all of that. Also, the precinct strategy, a lot going on. Matt Gates is going to join us later. John Solomon, the FBI. Um, we're going to review the Katy, Texas uh, event on Saturday and also show you disturbing video about what's happening in Chattanooga. And we're making a uh, going to press the Chattanooga authorities why people are not being arrested for this. So we're going to get to all that. Let's go to Ben Harnwell. First off, describe, particularly for our podcast and radio audience who only heard the Italian version and couldn't see the subtitles as our TV, cable, satellite, and streaming audience could. Uh, just give us a summary. This is catching on fire. Uh, this is not the victory speech last night, but this is a speech from a, a little while back, but it summarizes the fight uh, so brilliantly and why uh, Georgia Maloney is so revered uh, in many political circles, particularly the populist, nationalist, sovereignist, traditionalist uh, right. Uh, give us a summary, and then I want to ask you where we stand with the actual vote count in the uh, in the in the spread of the the parliament. Uh, ben Harnwell. Morning, Steve. Yeah, well, what she was saying was that the, this this project of a sociopathic overlords has zero resonance with actual living people or their hopes or their aspirations. She mentioned explicitly this project, which really sounds absurd, but it it means so much. I won't say to the left, but to, to, to the driving force behind the left that makes it so militant and unelectable. This force on birth certificates of removing the traditional father and mother and replacing them with progenitor one and progenitor two, um, which are terms that literally no real human beings use to describe themselves with regard to the most important relationship of their entire human existence, I say themselves and their kids. Um, I mean, not even the people who dream these things up go to parties and introduce their kids and say, I'm progenitor 
one and uh, of, of that boy over there. It's just meaningless. And yet, in just the most unbelievable lack of self-awareness whatsoever, these things have been forced on the political system by an extremely militant and radical and ideological minority. And that is one of the reasons why, as I say, it has no resonance. And in as much as it is absolutely correct to say that Georgia Maloney won this election, equally, you should be able to say that the left lost it. Very low turnout. I think it was nine points lower than the, the election um, uh, in 2018, which was a two-day election. The, the, the election was the ballots were open for two days. This time it was only for one day. Um, so the, the, the turnout was actually low this time. And one of the reasons was is because nobody was interested in buying the product that the left had to offer. What had they done? In, together with the mainstream media, the ever-compliant mainstream media, they had portrayed Giorgio Maloney as being a far-right fascist who was going to return the country basically to um, a weaker form of, of Mussolini. Um, and that simply did not resonate with most ordinary Italians' perception of reality, to say nothing about resonating with their hopes and their aspirations and their fears. So the left basically stayed at home. Um, and that is why that policy of suggesting that Giorgio Maloney is a far-right fascist, that was roundly rejected by the Italian people. And now the Brothers of Italy is... Italy's largest political party. Okay, hang on for a second. Her, 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 she ran on God, homeland, family. What she was saying right there is that they're trying to break your identity. They're trying to take away our traditional identity, the, the family, the mother, the father, the children. They're trying to break us as a nation to make sure we're just all one kind of, uh, you know, indefinable uh, mob. And it's all because they want us just to be consumers. All they care about is consumers. All the financial institutions, all they care about is what we buy, what we buy. Uh, it's very, very powerful. You know, to take away the spiritual, take away what it really means to have a whole and full life, that you're just not some consuming unit. I want to go to Matthew Tierman. Matthew, we'll get back to Brazil and your great paper in a second about this election fraud, which everybody in the United States should read. But I want to ask you, uh, David Ignatius right there. Ignatius, Morning Mika, and Liz Cheney going after Kerry Lake. My point, this is what people have to focus on. It's all the same thing. This is the populist, nationalist, traditionalist movement on a global basis, whether it's in Arizona, whether it's in Italy, whether it's the Swedish Democrats. Now, look, the particulars are different in each country, but the direction is that people just want control. They want, they want to have control in their own community. Right. They don't want of these uh, extra, you know, international bodies. And quite frankly, the overreach Brussels is to Italy is to Italy. The Italian people as Washington, D.C. is to Arizona, Montana, Texas. Uh, but to, for David Ignatius to say the quiet part out loud at the end, he's kind of doing a mea culpa. Matthew Tierman. Yeah, yeah you're 100 percent right. Uh, something you just said made me think about the roots of the word fascist. If you look at the symbol. In the, the teens and 20s, the fascist movement in Italy grew. It's fascia holding the wheat together to force a unity around one strong autocracy leadership. And that's what the EU is. That's what Washington is. That is, you know, federated, top-down autocracy, as opposed to, you know, the, the great thing about America is states' rights. You know, 50 laboratories of innovation. Uh, the great thing about Europe was Westphalian sovereignty. They created diplomatic frameworks to uh, air their sovereign grievances. 
But now with the EU, everything comes from the top down. It's Brussels, it's Strasbourg, it's Germany, it's, it's Berlin, it's German banking. Uh, and culture matters. And if you go to Italy, you don't have to spend much time there to see the Italian culture is one of stubbornness, of pugnaciousness, of individualism. Uh, it's an emotionally, uh, you know, we talked about Sweden versus Italy a few weeks ago. Uh, you know, you look at the debates in the Swedish debates, you have to be calm and composed. In the Italian deb debates, you need to be fiery and passionate. And nobody's more fiery and passionate and charismatic than Georgia Maloney. I mean, here she is quoting Chesterton, one of the great classical liberal uh, philosophers, writers, thinkers, uh, and they're calling her a fascist. If anything, she is the antithesis of fascist. And it's those who are trying to cede the sovereignty and wrap them up in, uh, you know, when you see the fascist symbol of the of the wheat tied together. That's what fasci is. Uh, and that's what the EU has done. And the people are rejecting it. Ignatius says, uh, who could envision, you know, the people in, in Britain being this fed up uh, that they that they would do uh, Brexit? And who could envision this move to the right in, in Sweden and in Italy? Well, you know what? If you spend time on the ground talking to working class people, real people who are not in positions of uh, the crony boondoggle revolving door of government and high business, uh, you can envision it. And then he actually walks it back and says, OK, maybe people don't trust being told what to do. And he hits the nail on the head in a moment of sort of uh, the saying the quiet part out loud, self-reflection. It was actually kind of good to see. Him, you know, uh, I'm surprised they didn't cut the mic on him when he started saying these things. <laughs> the first part, though, was the real thing. It's concerning to everyone, right? Yeah. Ursula was at Princeton. Ursula was at Princeton talking about the weapons they have to go against Poland, your beloved Poland, and uh, in Hungary. But her 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 message was really for the Italian voters and supposedly there's some sort of meeting today or maybe some meeting of minds. Matthew, hang on. Ben Harnwell, hang on. We're going to come back. Ben's going to give us a breakdown really where the numbers are. Here's the other thing. Richard Barris is going to be on. In Italy, one of the reasons that the right won is that the left didn't show up. That is what is going to happen on November 8th. They're actually depressed. Uh, they, they understand the Biden economy is continuing to implode. They don't know if they're going to get their vote out. We win a massive victory. We destroy the Democratic Party as a national political institution if we show up. We have the issue set. We have to deliver that electorate. And uh, Richard Barris is going to walk us all through it. Then we're going to follow up. we got Joe Kent and Matt Schlapp. Matt Schlapp invited uh, Georgia Maloney over to CPAC to talk, okay? Uh, we're packed today, wall to wall, a lot to get through, including some capital markets and economics, all of it. Short commercial break. Matthew Tierman, Ben Harnwell, Richard Barris, next in the war room. Friends, if you're thinking about stocking up on emergency food because of what's going on in the world, now is the time to do it. Farmers are warning everyone who will listen. Food shortages are next. That's why I urge you to go to preparewithbannon.com. That's preparewithbannon.com right now. To help the American family, My Patriot Supply is offering a 20% discount off their three-month emergency food kit. This kit provides delicious breakfasts, lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks for one person for three solid months. As you know, this food stays fresh for up to 25 years, so it's ready the moment you need it. And it's designed to give you more than 2,000 calories a day. That's 2,000 calories a day. So you won't go hungry and you'll keep up your strength during any crisis. Save 20% on this three-month kit at preparewithbannon.com. That's preparewithbannon.com. Stock up now with the price this low. 
Your orders ship fast and free in unmarked boxes for your privacy. Go to preparewithbannon.com right now. Preparewithbannon.com right now. Take action. Use your agency. Action, action, action. We'll get through this and we'll move forward. I'm probably not as bearish as some people on the out year. Uh, because I do think we're in this boom bust sort of environment, like the 40s that we've talked about forever, yeah. and we've run this program. And so, you know, the sooner we can kind of get this thing resolved, and and, and the Fed gets there, I, I'm all for taking the medicine. You know, I, I'm a I'm a child of the 70s. Then do right? we come so back down? Do we come back down in rates then, or do we, do we stay permanently high? Do you know what our debt service? Are we going to be able to do anything else with with uh, fiscally when? Almost every, you know, almost all of GDP is, is going to be, not all of it, but a, a lot is going to be spent just servicing the debt at much higher rates. And that's going to cause a slower GDP and, and sort of a permanent um, headwind for yeah. us. Well, that's right. I mean, but look, I mean, we're, we've been in a world of financial repression for 15 years, right, since the financial crisis. Uh, we've had, you know, very generous monetary policy, negative real interest rates. And that hasn't served us well, right? I mean, I would argue that QE is deflationary. And in a world where there's too much debt, that you're dead if that happens, okay? I mean, you need you need to have inflation. So we're getting, you know, we're getting the, the solution that we need. We're all looking for inflation to try and help. We just got more than we bargained for. So it'll happen. It. Thank you, Denver. Um, right there, Joe Kernan, who's a, you know, a War Room fan, and we're a big fan of Joe Kernan's on CNBC, kind of the voice of reason. Right there, we've been talking about this and talking, putting the concept out there of a sovereign debt crisis. This we have thirty-one trillion dollars face amount of treasury. We have nine and a half trillion, uh, or nine point four trillion, on on the on the balance sheet of the Federal Reserve. Make sure you re- take your number two pencil out and write this down in your notebook if you're keeping notes at home. The servicing of this debt is it going to explode? We're going to have massive fights after we win. The fights, they're going to be on debt ceiling. The fights are going to come on what gets financed because, quite frankly, we're running a $1.5 to $2 trillion deficit pre-financing cost. Now you're going to add a financing cost that could be as high as that. And how are you going to get out of it? Print money. I'm going to get back to Italy. I got Harnwell. Richard Barris here with some amazing polling. Richard, hang on. I got to go to Tiermann. And this talks about bromides don't work. Look, we're huge fans, Tiermont and myself, all of us, Harnwell, of Ronald Reagan, in particular what Reagan and Volcker did. But what uh, the Tories did with the finan- the chancellor, the exchequer, whoever this guy is, to me was reckless. You can't go out and talk about tax- unfunded tax cuts. You can't go out and talk about paying for people's electricity because you've, you've basically cut off your energy. You, you can't talk about this unless you get to grips with what reality is. And that's what your balance sheet looks like and what your debt is and how you're going to finance it. It's now, I think, three times more costly in, uh, you know, pre her speech, Truss's speech on Friday than it was afterward. Tierman, there, and that shows you what the United States has got to worry about. Right now, people are not lining up and saying, hey, I, you know, give me treasuries at a price. Things are exploding. The two-year treasury, I think, is at uh, 2007 levels. This thing's exploding, and it's going to come back to how we finance this mess. Matthew Tierman. Uh, overnight, the U.S. dollar British pound cross uh, is known as cable uh, because they used to uh, send it across cable lines with uh, with the uh, the old uh, the old systems of communication a hundred years ago. It's the most important currency uh, uh, pair uh, in history. Just hit one spot oh three five, almost parity. 
that hasn't happened since the mid 80s at the end of the Volcker Reagan tightening cycle. That tells you that the moves that Truss has made in the last three days trying to channel her inner Thatcher, and we love Thatcher, uh, but there's a time to cut taxes, uh, to spur growth, and there's a time to retrench and protect your sovereign balance sheet. And she just put the British sovereign balance sheet at deep risk, and for what? To spur growth by cutting bankers' bonuses, highest rates, 45% yeah. uh, on uh, you know that highest marginal rate over 150 or 200,000 pounds. That hits. That's a help to the city of London and the bankers. Uh, it's not a help to the you know black cab drivers around London, whose marginal rates are going to be roughly the same. They're going to go down from uh, 20 to 19, de minimis, uh, all because she wants to channel Thatcher and spur growth. Well, you know what? The headwinds that the British economy are now going to have in borrowing costs are going to negate any of this growth strategy okay. that politically tried to push through. Tierman just hit it right there. Protect your sovereign balance sheet. People have to start worrying about the balance sheet of the United States. We've lived in a fantasy because the dollars to export, it's the prime reserve currency. By the way, you can go to birchgold.com right now, forward slash Bannon, get the end of the dollar empire. Part one's the politics of money because money's going to become a topic of politics day in and day out. Also, the second, the fall of the dollar is a prime reserve currency. We're going to have to focus on, as Tierman just said right there, protecting your sovereign balance sheet first. If the balance sheet implodes, it doesn't matter what you're doing on tax policy because you're not going to have the industrial might. That's the other thing about Wall Street. I'm just telling people right now, and we're not telling you what to do with your money. We never do. We give try to give macro analysis. But the earnings estimates that are out there, I think, are as close to fantasy as possible. It does not, it does not, uh, <laughs> it does not incorporate the reality we are on Monday, the 26th of September in the year of our 2022. And what's ahead of us? You talk about headwinds. We're about to hit a cat five, right? It, 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 uh, Tierman, give me a minute on that before I go back to Italy. It's because this, what, what the British did is really the bromides of the Republican establishment. And bromides are not going to work anymore. We've got nothing but tough calls ahead of us. And there's going to be pain. There is going to be pain. Any kid, anybody under 35 years old that are voting for these Democrats, you personally deserve all the financial ruin that's in front of you because it is financial ruin that you face because of these radical uh, policies of Wall Street, the corporatist, and the uniparty led by radical Democrats. Matthew Tierman. Uh, your, your, your statement about earnings estimates, they're starting to come down for the first time in a dozen years. What does that coincide with? the raising of rates, a lot of the earnings growth in the largest companies was built on the back of zero interest rate policy, which is now over. The S&P, the large cap companies, they will now start to see earnings shortfalls. The stock market is at huge risk. We're starting to see uh, the, the bear market uh, be priced in in a more, uh, a more sort of continuous way than just, you know, V bottom like we saw in 2020. Or even what we saw in 2009, when everyone in the Fed, when the Federal Reserve and all the central banks came in and flooded global markets with liquidity and kept rates down to near zero for more than a decade. And now it's time to pay the piper. So your sovereign balance sheets are at risk. And yeah. here's where they're going to get the shortfall first, from. That. First off, you talk, forget the stock market. Look at there's so many zombie companies out there that have uh, that have high yield securities debt that's above your equity. There's no chance they can pay this off. It's fantasy land. We're not telling you what to do. 
But when a guy right now tells you to buy the dip, do your own homework. Because we don't know if it's a dip or a chasm. Okay, Matthew, hang on for one second. We'll go back to Ben. Ben, give give us the just general breakdown of how this is going to go for for, uh, Maloney and how she's going to govern. Well, if you want to look at the the statistics, the the, the House of uh, Representatives, let's call it that, is the equivalent, has 400 seats and the centre-right coalition has around 235 of those seats. The centre-left coalition has 79, so that's a, a lot, lot less. Um, and going to the Senate... Which but has, you're saying, but, but the, the point is the center right has a majority. Are they going to be able, but they don't have enough to change the constitution, right? That was what they don't, all, all they, the they, yeah. EU was they don't have, worried about. They don't have the, the two thirds yeah. majority um, in either house. Uh, in the Senate, of 200 seats, the center, center right has about 115. So, Tierman, should she immediately say, hey, we're going to go off the euro and go to the lira? Or is that too is that too radical a move? Would they would the EU actually start parachuting bankers into Rome to 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 put her in handcuffs, sir? Me or Matthew? Did did I lose? Now Matthew Tierman should should she yep. go off the lira right now? Should she go to the lira and go off the euro right now? No, they, they, we have to be incremental about these moves to retain and, and regain sovereignty. A revolution would create pain for way too many citizens to, you know, we're populists. We care about the people. We don't care about the bankers. We care about the people. Yes. I've said this yes. for years that the next shoe to drop in the inflection that Brexit caused. You had 70 years of agglomerated federalized uh, confederacy in Europe starting in 1948, moving uh, ultimately to the adoption of the euro in 2000. Uh, Britain wisely stayed off of it, understanding its own economics, uh, thanks to uh, uh, Thatcher's advisor, Bernard Connolly, who wrote The Rotten Heart of Europe, a great book, uh, highly recommended for those economically minded. Uh, But Italy in 2000 had the most pain of any country who did the exchange rate mechanism and swapped their lira for euro. Overnight, the cost of milk, of eggs, of everything went up the most in real purchasing power parity. It hurt the people the most. And the cab drivers, you talk to the people around Italy, they still remember. So they do understand that the euro has not necessarily been just a, you know, panacea of good things for them. And that's before migrant crises and, you know, federated government from Brussels telling them how to live. Uh, I do believe that Quiddily now, you know, the second uh, shoe to drop in the inflection of the EU's power agglomeration uh, could start to take root, but it does need more time. And I don't think they're going to be the ones, I don't think this government is going to be the ones to push it that much further forward because they've got a leverage uh, with, with the EU and they can now extract more concessions. Ursula von der Leyen saying we're going to you know, weaponize our uh, technocracy like did Poland and Hungary and like they'll be going to Sweden. Italy's too powerful with too much leverage in its financial system to allow that. They'll, they'll be in the capital okay. seat. Hang on for a second. Okay, we're going to take a short break, come back. Barris is going to talk to us about November 8th, where the numbers are breaking out. All the suppression polls are going to come out. Tierman is going to be back about how they're going to try to steal it in Brazil. Everybody be on watch here, how they're going to try to steal it in Brazil. We got uh, Matt Schlapp to talk about Maloney. We also have the great Joe Kent, John Solomon, Matt Gates. A lot going on here. Stick with us. Short commercial break. We'll be back in the war room in just a moment. Everything's just beginning All the games you want to play Bring it on and I will fight to the end Just watch and see It's all started Everything's begun And you are over 
Cause we're taking down the CCP Spread the word all through Hong Kong We will fight till they're all gone We rejoice when there's no more Let's take down the CCP You know what's never good? When your nation's supposed authority on economic policy completely misses the flashing red lights of impending inflation. Now, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen has finally admitted, quote, there's been an unanticipated and large shocks to the economy that have boosted energy and food prices and supply bottlenecks that affected our economy badly that I didn't at the time fully understand, end quote. You know who understands the real threat of inflation? People who invested in gold and silver with Birch Gold Group. They're protecting their savings from a highly turbulent economy by diversifying their 401k or IRA into gold, physical gold. It's not too late for you to take action now. Text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898 and get a free info kit on diversifying and protecting your savings with precious metals. With an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of satisfied customers, text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898. And get the real help from Birch Gold today. Again, text Bannon to 989898 to claim your free, no-obligation information kit on protecting your savings with gold. War Room Pandemic with Stephen K. Bannon. The epidemic is a demon, and we cannot let this demon hide. War Room Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, Harnwell is going to be in live on the uh, Bannon's War Room Rome later after the show today. We'll get you a specific time. We'll have a lot of analysis, detailed breakdown, and guest. Uh, and that is now going to be, I think, permanent after this election is. Georgia tries to pull together a government uh, and faces the EU and all the other crises of the world. Also, um, focus on the Vatican right now that they've jumped into the political fray. Okay, I've got, uh, we're going to get to Barris momentarily. We got this cross tabs from the ABC poll. Everything's about November 8th. There is no substitute for victory. We're going to get into the New York Times calling out the war room posse on a big editorial over the weekend. Of course, Joe Kent right there. Joe Kent was the cover story. Um, and we're going to get to all that. I want to go to Matthew Tiermont. Matthew, I only got a couple of minutes of this, but it's very important for the audience. This is about Brazil, this massive election uh, coming up, and, and what's happening about uh, people getting jiggy now about is it going to be a free and fair election? you got a brilliant piece that's up. Walk me through it. So as uh, a lot of the audience remembers, as uh, you know, I was at CPAC Brazil with Jason Miller one year ago, early September in uh, 2021 with Match Lap, and we were detained at the airport by the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court oversees it, a highly politicized organ, uh, and they oversee the elections. They are at war with Bolsonaro and the Bolsonaristas. Uh, they have been installed by Lula and Dilma, two corrupt uh, felons who were in bed with the CCP, selling and plundering Brazil's natural resource wealth for cash in bags, laundering the money through car washes, the famous Operation Car Wash. So I wrote a very, very long piece about the Supreme Court, about the election, about where things stand. Uh, about 5,000 words on Creative Destruction Media, our friend Todd Wood, who's not afraid to be sanctioned alongside me by the Supreme Court. I don't know if I'll be doing my honeymoon in Brazil anytime soon, unfortunately. Uh, but this piece is uh, a big breakdown. It's, it, I broke through my shadow ban on Twitter. It's got like five or 6,000 likes and seen like half a million times. Uh, so no. I'm going to be putting this, this into a podcast 
all week because this, this is a major piece. Solar. Yeah, this is a major piece, and we're going to have you back on to break it down because the next one on deck right now or coming up to the plate is Bolsonaro. Nothing could be more important in Brazil, particularly as the CCP. And the way they're spinning it, Foreign Policy Magazine essentially has a CCP operative writing a piece how yep. Bolsonaro is really the preferred candidate of the CCP, just lies and misrepresentation. This one's going to be this is going to be as nasty as 2016 was uh, in uh, in the United States. So, Matthew, how I do people it, get to you? How do they get to the article? Yep. And I call it the uh, most important electoral battleground against global communism in 2022. More important than Sweden, more important than Italy. These are great, important elections that we're winning. in. But in Brazil, one of the largest democracies in the world, one of the largest economies of the world, it is on the cusp of becoming a CCP vassal state if they successfully steal this election. I've been down there. Bolsonaro has tons of support in an honest election. He'd win. He now it's like Pennsylvania and Philadelphia. You got to win by 15 or 20 to overshoot the steal. Uh, it's on creativedestructionmedia.com, CDM Media. It's on my Twitter, on my Getter, at Matthew Tiermond, M-A-T-T-H-E-W-T-Y-R-M-A-N-D. And I know you and I will be talking more about it later. It's a big lesson for us, but you're absolutely correct. This is the CCP trying to roll in and take uh, what they think is Liebenstrom. They, they want the resources. They want the Amazon. They want it all. And remember, it's the largest Catholic country, I think, in the world in a massive evangelical base in there. That's Bolsonaro's support yep. function. Uh, Matthew, thank you. We're getting into this very deeply now, the, the whole Brazilian situation. Let me bring in Matt Schlapp. He's, he's taken CPAC to Brazil. He took CPAC overseas. He's had many of the leaders, you know, Nigel Farage, the entire team. He's had Georgia. Uh, give us your assessment. You had her here to CPAC to speak. Give us your assessment yep. of, uh, of her as a person and then what happened overnight. Well, you know, Steve, she's come to CPAC here in America twice. And, you know, when she first spoke, she was, you know, I would say, I would say she's she wasn't doing great in the polls. She was just getting started, and people said, "Wow, she's impressive." I wonder if she'll go anywhere. And you know, sometimes I'm pessimistic on our chances and things. And she has just skyrocketed, as you know. The results put her in a really strong position. Obviously, first of all, to put a coalition together of people that are roughly uh, in in the same zone ideologically, but she also um, is in the cusp of getting the number of seats she needs to really make the constitutional changes that need to be made. This is a warning shot coming from Italy. You know what they, what the propaganda media does, and I learned this in Hungary, I met with lots of parliament members from across Europe, and they said the far right phrase is what they use in Europe, call you a fascist, call you a Nazi, to call you an anti-Semite. The irony is all the anti-Semitism, most of it's on the left. They hate the state of Israel, they hated Netanyahu, uh, they hated the Trump-Netanyahu relationship. And they just hate the state of Israel for all kinds of reasons. So they use this term far right, which our American media is now picking up. Let me tell you what she is. She's pro-life. She's pro-constitution. She's pro-family. Um, and, uh, and she's anti-globalist. And she fits right neatly in the term of what we call conservative here in America. So as people start reading this propaganda media saying that she's some kind of fascist, just remember, they've called us all fascists or semi-fascist, or whatever they have this week for us. Yeah. But here's, here's where they're going to pivot. You bring a brilliant point. Here's where they're going to pivot. And I said this a couple of days ago on our on our uh, show in Italy. They're going to pivot now off fascism because they understand that's not sticking. It's going to be because her, her <clears throat> God, homeland, and family. That's right. Was it's, This is the rise of Christian nationalism. You that's watch. Right. They're, they're going to be all over. This is Christian nationalism. And they always put white Christian nationalism. They, you, I can, I can almost write the articles that are coming out in the next couple of days that she is 
something even more dangerous than the fascist, right? That this is the rise of Christian nationalism. You see it here. This is why the right in in, in America. This is why she's invited to CPAC. Uh, this is why Bolsonaro with the evangelicals and the traditional Catholics down there. This is all. Uh, you know, That's it's right. not the secular populist nationalist movement that was. This is now uh, she's the a harbinger of the rise of Christian nationalism. Just when the, when the articles, we'll put them all up when they come. Right. But Matt, you agree they're coming because fascism yeah, has not worked. The didn't stop Mercy us. And I were, yep. we're reading all this coverage over the weekend. And if you're a Christian that believes that your Christianity or your faith should be a part of your personal life and doesn't translate into any of your policies, you're called center-right, right? If you're a Christian <laughs> or a person of faith who believes in things like protecting the unborn child, stopping the war on gender, stopping the war on the family, then you're far-right. So everybody here should understand that's the lexicon. So you're exactly right. It moves into this idea, and CPAC's a part of this, the war room's a part of this. These oh, entities that are pushing white nationalism christian nationalism uh it's all their new way of saying as you said fascism and it's amazing to yeah. me so like if you're just a go-to-church person who believes the unborn child deserves right you're an extremist yeah no extremist she's for god her country and family that yeah. doesn't seem all that radical <laughs> that doesn't seem no. all that radical to me they're in full meltdown that makes her a christian nationalist the worst of the fascists right uh matt yeah, how do they get to you uh, go ahead sir no, I was going to say, and, and you're so right, and Matthew's so right, this election in Brazil on Sunday, don't be Big. alarmed if it goes into a runoff. A lot of my contacts are telling me, including my Brazilian-born vice chairman, Charlie Drow, that, uh, that Bolsonaro is going to pull this out, but it could be with, uh, could be with a runoff. And it's a, just another example of, like, what do we make of polling? I mean, just I, I'm getting to the point where I'm just not going to even look at it because it, it's make-believe. Foreign policy actually has a huge article about Bolsonaro. Lula is a transnational criminal, been in business with the CCP for 25 years, right? He's their running dog. They're actually making the case, oh, Bolsonaro is the one who's going to turn Brazil over to the CCP. They're pulling out all stops because of the Amazon. They're pulling out all stops against Bolsonaro. They need to take Bolsonaro off the, off the chessboard. So this one's going to be, we're going to do the whole run up to it, but it's going to be very ugly. Matt, how do people get to you, particularly on Twitter, where you're you're on, you're on Truth, you're on all the getter, all of them, but on Twitter, you're still not banned, and you're you coming a little hot. So how do people get to you yeah, on social yeah. media? At M Schlaff on all the platforms, including Twitter, and I just want to say to you, Steve, I think uh, I haven't talked to the prime minister-elect, as I'll call her, since her great victory, but uh, I think we got to find a way to have CPAC Italy. I just think it has to happen. CPAC Rome, baby. I'm in. That's fabulous. Let's do it. By the way, you've had some pretty good call. You've had some pretty good calls. The Brazil thing was incredibly important. In having these guys come over here was, was important. Going to Hungary, incredibly important. I can't speak. Hey, love, about I can't. The, I the, can't. I can't tell you how much these European conservatives and really conservatives from all over the world appreciate the wonderful conservatives in America who welcome them with open arms. They go back to their country fired up. So let's keep it going. Well, no, this is the other thing, too. Like David Ignatius, he's sitting there morning Joe, and they're all with knitted brow like this. This is the power of, uh, of, of media. Breitbart does yep. a good job of this. I think Worm does a good job, CPAC. When you talk, when you mention these guys like Maloney or you mentioned Orban, the people, our people are supposed to be in bib overalls, breathing through the mouths. They know the policies. They know what's happening. They know That's how right. Soros is, what's stored. You're, this, the, the conservative MAGA movement in this country is so much more sophisticated 
on yes. geopolitics and what's happening through the world. It's, 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 you can invite people and they're getting standing ovations. Orban came to Dallas and actually dominated people. And people know the details. You you go to and, you go to and, up and to and D, you go to Wall Street. They're sitting there with what? Who? What are you talking about? I mean, we, look uh, at Morning Joe this morning. Volunteers. We had almost two hundred volunteers at CPAC uh, in Dallas, and Orban had that great line: uh, "The globalists can go to hell. I'm coming to CPAC in Dallas." Great line. I met with the volunteers afterwards. Once again, they didn't maybe have the money to buy a a ticket, uh, but they volunteered and they listened to everything. I tell you, how many of those volunteers came up to me and said. Thanks for having the courage to let the prime minister of Hungary come speak to us. We need to wow. hear that message here. We need us fight. I tell you, the American people are engaged. I completely agree with you, which is why Thank November, you. don't believe it. It's going to be good stuff, man. We got to deliver. Thank you. We're going to get into the numbers right now. Thank you very much, Matt Schlapp over at uh, American Conservative Union and uh, CPAC. Uh, let's go to Richard Barris. Richard, over the weekend, they're now nervous. Hey, have we calculated this right? But Vox, these other guys saying Biden's approval's up. In fact, ABC puts out this poll. Biden's approval's up. Uh, abortion's starting to resonate. But then you look at the actual math. It is a blowout as far as generic ballot in the districts. Walk us through. Take a couple of minutes to walk us through the ABC, and we'll hold you to the break to give more detail. Yeah, what they did this time too, Steve, uh, which is why I sent the generic ballot graph. Uh, that's our generic ballot because we we talked about this. There was a tightening. If you look just at their registered voter sample, you know it's a Republican plus two, right in the ballpark of where ours was. You know, come that Labor Day pivot, you have to look at who's going to vote, who's going to come out to vote. The likely voter swells to uh, Republican plus five. Look at the top issues as well. There it is, right there. Look, abortion didn't even come in the top three uh, among people who are actually going to vote here, Steve. That's being fueled by the Democratic base itself. Young voters are not enthusiastic. The electorate is, you know, it, they actually, and I'm, I'm shocked I'm going to say this, but we're a little bit in agreement about what the electorate is going to be as far as the size of it and how Republican it's going to be. It looks a little bit shy of 2018 right now, which was a high turnout midterm. But the bottom line is, I t told people this when we started showing them the trend in the generic ballot in our polling, which is that Republicans had a lead this entire year and that once we pivoted into the silly season, we'd see some crazy polls. But once we got past Labor Day, it's going to do what it always does. Issues and fundamentals decide elections, not uh, news cycles, you know, and and who uh, gets steamed over a Supreme Court decision. That's just not how we're testing it done. And the real shocker here is that it takes an ABC news poll to get people to finally recognize what people uh, who actually call elections correctly year after year have been saying all along, which is that eventually uh, this is, you know, reality is going to have its day. And uh, Republicans have been leading on the most important issues all year. And that's going to dictate the outcome of this election. One thing, if I can, Steve, real quick. I, I tell you, hold, 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 hang, okay, hang, hang on one second. Yeah, I want to get in. I want to really I want people to savor it. ABC Washington Post, Republicans hold 21-point lead on generic ballot in battleground districts. Republicans 55, Democrats 34. 21-point lead, generic ballot. You don't see that in the headlines of the Washington Post. You see it in the war room, off of their numbers. Richard Barris next. Americans are discovering that if we want to change this nation, we have to change the way the marketplace works. Look, woke corporations are seeking to divide us. Big banks are freeing the, freezing the accounts of people who disagree with their political views. And our supply chain is dependent 
upon countries that actively work against our values like the Chinese Communist Party. It's time for a change, and that change starts with you and your wallet. That's why I'm proud to partner with Public SQ, the largest network of patriotic, freedom-loving businesses and consumers our nation has ever seen. Public SQ is the first app to connect freedom-loving Americans with their local community and the businesses that share their values. Whether you want to support a restaurant that only buys from local farms, a coffee shop that took a stand against COVID mandates, or a bank that can never cancel you for your political views, Public SQ is your guide. There's also interactive, sensor-free community groups where you can connect with other local members. And here's the best part of it. It's absolutely free to join. Just download the Public SQ app from the Apple Store or Google Play. Create an account and begin your search. You can also list your business for free so your local community can support you. Download the app today. Public SQ. That's Public SQ. Public SQ. Go to the Apple App Store or Google Play. Take action. Do this today. Has arrived. The new social media taking on big tech, protecting free speech, and canceling cancel culture. Join the marketplace of ideas. The platform for independent thought has arrived. Superior technology. No more selling your personal data. No more censorship. No more cancel culture. Enough. Getter has arrived. It's time to say what you want the way you want. Download now. Okay, welcome back. Let's go to Richard Barris, the uh, buried lead in the ABC, up 20 in these battleground districts, up 21 points. Republicans 55 Democrats 34, and we look at the issue set, they get wiped. I mean, historic spreads on the issue sets that matter. Inflation, the economy, crime, border security, immigration, all of it. Richard Barris, take us away because, take it away because right now it's nothing but suppression polls are trying to twist the numbers. Richard Barris. Yeah, the headline of that poll, Steve, is that 21-point lead in districts that uh, have been identified as uh, as competitive by the fake forecaster, right? So if you're looking at a lead that's as big as solid and safe Republican districts in those battleground districts, then that's a 247 cracker. That's a wipeout. What do I mean by that? Historically, that's a ceiling for Republicans. In a year uh, like this, especially after redistricting, we would expect them to be able to crack that ceiling if they're going to be able to do it. And if the Washington Post ABC News poll is right. This is a wipeout. That's a wipeout in the House. And if you think that's not going to have an impact at the Senate level, even some of these gubernatorial elections, uh, then think again. That's the making of a real uh, wave. You know, now I, I'm itching to get back in the generic ballot myself. People can help us do that. Go to bigdatapoll.com, scroll to the bottom, and let's get it going. But that is what I pretty much expected as we got into September and, you know, right up creeping on October. Some of these people had abysmal results in 2020, Steve. They're not going to want to blow the House vote this year. So it may take them a little bit to herd or what we call herding or mirroring, which is getting a more accurate result as we get closer. Uh, but again, I really can't state this enough, Steve, because this is it. The issues will determine how people vote. Yeah. Nobody but is going to, outside of the Democratic base. Nobody's yeah. going to vote on abortion over inflation. By the way, we're going to get to we're going to get into Kent in, in a minute. This whole article is about it's her abortion versus his populist nationalism. Um, real it's quickly, all, like, all uh, Trafal Trafalgar, Trafalgar in, in, in the state of Washington, are people getting their hopes up that they're spreading the battlefield to Washington, to Oregon, to Vermont, to Connecticut? We heard 
Alex DeGrasse that the NRCC starting to put in house races in Oregon. Part of that driven by Joe Kent. But is this I would just give me a heads up on this Washington poll. Yeah, some of the Pacific Northwest districts uh, that Alex was talking about last week are absolutely in play because of the dynamic there. And if you look at uh, Patty Murray, two two party primary vote share in Washington state has been extremely predictive when it comes to midterm elections. She only got 52 percent. So the real surprise shouldn't be that Trafalgar and really others should should be showing a closer race than what most people would expect. The surprise is that so many forecasters are refusing to acknowledge you would expect this in a pro-Republican environment, which is what we're in. It's a first-term incumbent midterm. She yeah. got 52%. Anything below 55 is a bit of a warning sign. Anything above it, you kind of just leave it alone. It's a waste of money to go after her. She got 52. Uh, so Smiley's a great candidate. I would, I, you yeah. know, I, I really do think. You look at New Jersey, Steve. Look a, at Virginia. A, 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 great, a, a, great, a great candidate. For, a great candidate for a great candidate for the for the area. <laughs> let me let me caveat yes. that. Well, life's not perfect. Real quickly, how do people well, get right, to CD for C, CD Media? Uh, how they get to Big Data? How they get to People's Pundit? How they get to your uh, locals? CDM.press is where you can check out all of the big data polls that we've been doing with uh, Creative Destruction. And then the generic ballot, that's uh, the public polling project. People can help us out with that. They can go to bigdatapoll.com and then scroll to the bottom. You'll see how you can support it. And of course, follow me on Locals, the best place to follow everything I'm doing, which is peoplespundit.locals.com. There it is right there. Thank you, brother. We'll have you back um, multiple times this week. Got a lot of polling numbers to go through. Okay, New York Times Sunday opinion page, our own Joe Kent versus his opponent. And it's called Our Political Future. Right there, Our Political Future. I'm going to put this up, the shot of it. If you look inside, this thing's got to be, to understand the midterms, meet Joe and uh, Marie. That big, huge spread. Okay, huge spread there. Let's get Joe Kent up to talk about this. Joe I say that's free. The the New York Times gave you basically, you know, millions of dollars of free earned media. Uh, what do you have to say? They, they come at you snarky, but when you look at it, I, I just don't see where your opponent does anything else but abortion. And, and, and also say that she supports all of Biden's economic programs, which is devastating your district. So tell me, why is it? Why is the New York Times decided this is our political future? You versus your opponent. Yeah, absolutely, Steve. They're trying to uh, give my opponent some free press, but in doing so, they're really just giving me some some great earned media. So thanks to the New York Times. Uh, but really, they are terrified of the fact that we are running on a message of inclusive populism and American nationalism. They are terrified that we're out there on the stump talking about real issues. We're talking about the inflation. We're talking about the solutions to inflation, how Biden killed off our energy independence, and now Americans are suffering at every single level. We're talking about how one month of wages is being stolen from the American working family. We're talking about crime, how it's up on our doorsteps as a result of an open border, as a result of the policies of the Democrats uh, at the national level, and then also here at the local level, who my opponent is running in lockstep with. She is in lockstep with Jay Inslee, Bob Ferguson, and the Democrats that are opening up our jails and releasing criminals. She is advocating for gender affirming care, which is the mutilation and castration of minors. And she's blessed off on every single piece of legislation that Biden and Pelosi have pushed through that's destroying our economy, the Build Back Better, the essentially the Green New Deal and the Inflation Control Act. So really, they are terrified that we're talking about issues. So all they can do is call us extremists. Uh, it, 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 has she 
how big is abortion? Is she made is abortion the centerpiece of her campaign? Because it's kind of a, if you look at her, and by the way, she's a fascinating individual. The reason the Times, both of you two, are fascinating individuals is one of the reasons they picked her. So I'm not I'm not going after her on that angle, but it just seems it's a grab bag of policies. But is the centerpiece uh, abortion? Is that what she's made with her advertising the centerpiece of her campaign? Yes, she's running heavily on abortion being the number one issue. And she is in lockstep with the Democrats on abortion. And the Democrats are so extreme right now. It's ridiculous. The Democrat policy of killing a child up until the moment of its birth is so extreme that you have to go to the Chinese Communist Party or to North Korea to find a modern nation that has a similar policy. So when we discuss details, they, they really just can't stand on their own. They have to go with abortion and try and just trigger the suburban white women. Okay, uh, hang on for a second. I just want to hold you for a second. We got the great Matt Gates is going to join us because <clears throat> I think there's a debate that's going to occur tomorrow night. We're going to get Joe Kent the heads up on this. The great Matt Gates is going to join us right after a short 90 second break. War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplugged Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger, better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash warroom to install the Unplugged Suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. They put Peter Navarro in leg irons for simply doing his constitutional duty. Now they want to put Peter in prison for standing up for Donald Trump. Please go to Amazon right now and order Taking Back Trump's America to help fund Peter's legal defense. Taking Back Trump's America provides a critical MAGA blueprint to put Trump back in the White House in 2024. Buy Taking Back Trump's America on Amazon today. If they can put Peter Navarro in prison, they can come for all of us. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. Do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out. 